Welcome to episode 5 of the No One's Ready for Wrestling podcast, where I share my opinions on professional wrestling and give you my honest truth about it. I'm the one and only Phoenix that rises from the ashes, Shino Phoenix here, and I want to thank you guys for tuning into this episode. Uh, we're slow. We're starting a slow process, guys. We're going to get better. I mean, we're starting to build an audience slowly, and I'm absolutely okay with that because I want to better myself. But you guys killed it when you listened to episode four of the podcast where I talked about Lufisto's retirement and you read the and you listened to the interview I read to all of you and I think I think you guys really enjoyed it and my touch and tribute and just saying what I had to say about Lufisto and that got her approval as well but I'm just so excited about that 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 just made my day you know but Anyway, Anchor has been the best sponsor for this podcast. Um, it is 100% free and it's really, really easy to use. I guarantee it for anybody who wants to be a podcaster. It's up and coming. It's free, 100% easy. You can edit your show. You can, uh, and they're going to be your first sponsor for this podcast. Just going to give you the heads up on that. So, you're going to see another ad. You're going to get an ad at the end of this show, as usual, when we talk, when I talk about Anchor. So you'll know more about it. Um, that's only like for SoundCloud listeners. Just go to anchor.fm slash start. Just sign up. Easy to use. And I'm telling you right now, your life will change forever if you go to Anchor. Um, follow me on Twitter. Ashino D Phoenix, I will be live tweeting for Fastlane. Uh, I I don't I'm just not excited about this pay per view, but I do tweet most of the time. Well, occasionally I tweet when it's something important. But uh, just follow me on Twitter because I love to build. I like to be a part of the wrestling community because it's the best place to be a part of this community. Follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. Uh, I post personal. St- personal stuff on there and wrestling related stuff on here so i want to build my audience for people who have instagram so we are five episodes away from episode 10 and i want to do the phoenix mailbag where you can email me your questions and and you're asking well shino where can i email your questions simple the one and only phoenix 1993 at gmail.com just include your name and where you're from that way i can know who you are, where you're listening, where you're listening, uh, like, just where you're from. That way I can know you better. Like, I like to know my audience, and I want to, like, engage with them. So, I got one question for you guys. Are you ready for this podcast? I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Still here? Good. Let's start the show. And we're going to start off on a somber note, and and I don't like starting things off on a somber note, but you guys know if you're listening to this today or if you're listening to it on Sunday, because I'm recording this on Saturday, we have four deaths in this wrestling related. One of them is an actor that's a fan of pro wrestling, and we have three wrestlers who passed away. So we're going to start off with Luke Perry, who is the father of AEW's Jungle Boy, who is Jack Perry. And he has a touch and tribute that I'm going to read to you guys. Um, he passed away um, on March 4th. And it was reported by TMZ that he passed away after uh, suffering a massive stroke last like on Wednesday. And his rep said that he was sedated in the hospitals in the hopes that the sedation would give his brain a fighting chance to, uh, to recover. But the damage was too extensive after the stroke. And he's best known... For his role as Dylan McKay on Fox's 90s hit Beverly Hills 90-210. And he recently played the role of Archie's dad in uh, on the CW show Riverdale. He was also a fan of pro wrestling. And I even heard that he attended every WWE event. Like he attended a WWE event when he had the chance. And he was only 52 years old, man. Such a young age. And... I'm trying to put it in words, man. Like, that sucks. That really sucks. But Jungle Boy, he released a touch and tribute that really, really warmed my heart and 
just reading it, it just brings a tear to my eye, and I'm not exaggerating this. This is real. Uh, but it's just so heartwarming to read something like this. So this is what he said. He said, he was a lot of things to a lot of people. To me, he was always dad. He loved, supported me in everything and inspired me to be the best that I could possibly be. I've learned so much from you and my heart is broke, broken thinking about everything you won't be here for. I'll miss you every day that walk that I walk this earth. I'll do whatever I can to carry on your legacy and make you proud. I love you, Dad. And it, it was posted on his Instagram. That was a touching tribute, man. And my condolences go to Jack Perry, his family, and his friends for this difficult time. And we also lost a WWE legend in King Kong Bundy. Now, King Kong Bundy passed away at the age of 61 uh, the day after Luke Perry passed. Um... He wrestled Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania 2 for the WWF Championship in a steel cage match in Los Angeles. And he was the first monster for, for Hulk Hogan. And they headlined that uh, WrestleMania 2 uh, main event. He even wrestled The Undertaker at WrestleMania 11. And he also did some acting as Uncle Erwin on Married with Children. And I heard, and I, I mean, I watched the the sitcom and I think is really great and I recommend it to anybody like I was young at the time when I watched it and it's hilarious it's one of the funniest sitcoms I've ever seen so and uh my condolences go out to his family and friends and I and I really hope that he would be in the hall of fame and it's sad that he's not in the hall of fame and it not only that it's really sad that he's not going to be there to see that he's going to be inducted but I'm just going to be on a positive vibe because I know he's going to be up in heaven seeing that he's going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. And I'm not going to take anything away from that. Um, We had another wrestling death. Um, Wrestling pioneer uh, Dick the Destroyer Buyer uh, passed away on March 7th at the age of 88. Um, He wrestled in the AWA and in Japan. His son broke the news on Facebook, um, and I'm going to read that. He said, It is with a very heavy heart to let you know that Dad, a.k.a. The Destroyer, a.k.a. Dr. X, a.k.a. Dick Buyer, a.k.a. Coach, passed away shortly past noon today. He was in bed at home and was surrounded by all of his children and wife as he slept peacefully. I will have more to share later, but I wanted you to hear this sad news from me first. Thoughts and prayers most welcome at this time. Peace. Um, he, he wrestled as Dr. X. He defeated, uh, Vern Gagne for the AWA World Championship on 1968. And he headed overseas to wrestle in Japan, in all Japan pro wrestling, and technically becoming the first American to sign a, to officially sign a Jap, with a Japanese promotion. And it's another death that, that's really shocking and, not most people are knowing right now. I mean, I'm starting to know about this guy, and I'll be honest, I don't know too much about him because I wasn't born at the time. I wasn't born at the time. I was born in the 90s, but I'm like, I'm looking through everything that man is doing, and I just got to learn more. And we have one death that's that just that was just announced. Um, uh, Wally Yamaguchi he passed away today. And this is being recorded on Saturday, for those who don't know. Um, he passed away this sa- this Saturday. Um, he was the manager of Kai and Tai. And he had that angle with Val Venus in the WWF in 1998. And he was the influential figure in Japanese wrestling. But everyone knows that angle with Val Venus. Choppy, choppy. But, I mean, and you know what the sad thing is? Him and King Kong Bundy both died at the same age, 61. But I don't like starting the show off on a somber note, but may these four guys rest in peace. And we hopefully we hopefully they're looking down on the newer generations and they're like Luke Perry's looking at his son competing on AEW and the other legends are looking down on the newer generations and seeing how wrestling is booming. So, 
my condolences to all four of these guys. All right, Jim Ross. Let's talk about Jim Ross for a second. Uh, apparently, he's going to be on his way out of WWE. He's going to be free on March 29th. And um, there are reports that he's going to be signing with uh, All Elite Wrestling. And the contract, get this, he's going to sign a $1 million per year deal with AEW. And I think that is fantastic. That's a huge gift for AEW, to be quite honest. And not only that, I mean, he could lend his knowledge to the newer generations that don't know about professional wrestling. And I think that's the perfect spot for him if he's going to do commentary, which we all know he's he's going to do commentary for AEW. That's my prediction. I think that's everybody's prediction. He's going to be doing commentary for this show. Now, we have a new signing for All Elite Wrestling and... His name is Michael Nakazawa. Now, I don't know much about him, but he wrestled in DDT along with Kenny Omega. He It was revealed on Being the Elite, which was titled Filler Episode, that he's going to be signing with uh, All Elite Wrestling. And he has wrestled in New Japan. He's wrestled in stardom. Yes, he has wrestled in stardom. I don't know much about him. And this is what I love about All Elite Wrestling. You bring in guys that I don't even know about and see if I could uh, get invested in them. Which, most likely, I will be invested in them. Um, We have a reveal for Fight for the Fallen, which it was revealed on Road to Double or Nothing. um, That it will take place on July it will take place in July, which they announced on the first press conference, but more details uh, more details have been revealed. So on the road to Double or Nothing, they, the name was revealed, Fight for the Fallen, which pretty much talked about what happened in February of last year when um, there was a shooting at the Douglas High School where 17 were killed and 17 were wounded after a former student opened fire at a school and it's going to take place on July 13th at the De- Haley's Place Amphitheater and and I think this is great. I really want to go to this. Like one day I want to go to an all elite wrestling show but like seeing what Tony Khan, Cody, the Bucks and Omega are doing and I think Jericho said it best. We're not going to change the world. We're going to change the universe and I think that is perfect, man. So this is a good signing and a new name, a name for the July pay-per-view that I will most definitely cover on this podcast as an extra or my thoughts and reaction and just give you my honest opinion about it. Um, We have a new name added to the over the budget battle Royal and his name is Ace Romero. I think he was that guy that pounced that uh, other wrestler on one of the indie shows and he went flying off the ring. Uh, like, I don't know much about him, but I'm looking forward to see what he could do in the, uh, in the ring. So I did watch the, the new Japan cup and their 47th anniversary show. I would highly recommend watching, uh, the recent ones. I, and I just want to talk about the big top, top points that I took away from this match. Rapungi 3k versus Shingo Tagaki and Bushi for the, uh, junior heavyweight tag titles. I thought this was a really good match. A really good match that saw Rapungi 3K pick up the win and become a three-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion. So, uh, kudos to them. That was a really great match. And I'm, I'm literally starting to stay showing y'all starting to become the best tag team in the world right now. And sooner or later, they're going to move up that Junior Heavyweight Division and the Junior Division and go to the Heavyweight titles, which, to be honest, I want to see. I honestly want to see it, but timing, timing, timing is key. We had Ishimori face Jushin Thunder Liger in a a really, really, really great match. And Ishimori, he beat Liger to retain his uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Now speaking of now speaking of Jushin Thunder Liger, he announced that he's going to retire next year, and I believe the venue is going to be at. Now, I believe it's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom 14. And you look at what this guy has done in his entire career. I mean, he's been with Japan all the time. He worked with WCW. He worked on TNA. He worked 
He may, he even faced Tyler Breeze at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, the first Brooklyn TakeOver. And I was so excited to see that because they had nothing for Tyler Breeze. So we're going to give you Jushin Thunder Liger. Perfect. That was perfect. And I'll never forget that my reaction. I lost my mind when I saw that. Um, but, I mean, he's done a lot in his career. And as much as I don't like to see him hang up the boots, but it was it's his time. It's his time. He can continue, go out with a bang. Like I said, when Lufisto's going to be set to retire by the end of this year. But just go out with a bang, finish up your commitment with New Japan, and then just do what you got to do after that either become a trainer or be a part of the commentary team for New Japan. And I think that's what he should do, in my honest opinion. I want to talk about Will Ospreay, because I will mention him on night two, because I did watch night two of uh, the New Japan Cup. Um, but his match with Jay White, I, I, I just don't know how I could put it in words, man. Will Ospreay is a fucking beast. He is a beast. <laughs> like, you... You watch this guy perform, and you just expect magic waiting to happen because the dude is incredible to watch. Jay White, I, I mean, back then I wasn't high on him, but now he literally changed my mind. And he put on an excellent match with uh, Will Ospreay. Like, there was this one part where he was going to do the Blade Runner, and I believe Ospreay countered it into, like, he reversed it and just turned it into a sit-out power bomb, which looked beautiful. And can I just say, Will Ospreay has one of my favorite fin- one of my favorite signature moves, the Robinson Special. That's still one of my favorite moves that I love to see. And Jay White, he retained. He beat him with the Blade Runner, and that was pretty much it. So the New Japan Cup, I did watch night one. But but speaking of, I want to go back to Ishimori for a second because I I forgot to talk about this before we get to the New Japan Cup. He wanted someone to step up who's going to challenge him at the G1 Supercar. Now comes Dragon Lee, and he's going to be challenging him for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship at G1 Supercard. Hold it, because another wrestler was added, and Bandito wants to throw his name on it, and I think this is going to be a fantastic match. Taiji Ishimori versus Dragon Lee versus Bandito. Magic. Just magic. I can't wait for this, man. I honestly can't wait for this. This is going to be fantastic. And I will be watching G1 Supercard. And <laughs> I don't even know, man. I'm going to be all over the place talking about professional wrestling. So I did watch night one of the New Japan Cup. And the first thing that popped in my head, they did a teaser with a new member of Bullet Club. And I didn't recognize the beat. I recognized the personality El Phantasmo is going to join Bullet Club. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know when did this happen. Uh, but you may remember El Phantasmo from Rev Pro. But I, I was just caught off guard by that. And I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it, man. But I think this is a great addition to uh, for Bullet Club. So I, I only focused on the... the the, t- the bracket, I mean, I don't pay much attention, like, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't pay attention to the, uh, the tag matches that much, when, when it's something big, like the New Japan Cup, but, I mean, I should be doing that more often, but, so, we had Yoshihashi beating Nakanishi, it was probably the weakest match so far for round one, I mean, it was, it was just boring, I don't know what it is, it just felt slow, to be quite honest, you had Taichi defeating Hanma, and I thought it was pretty decent. It was okay for what it was, but uh, it could be better. <laughs> could be better. But Taichi, he's a beast, as always. They need to give this man his dues. And the one that's the next match that surprised me, because I picked Juice Robinson to beat Chase Owens. Chase Owens actually beat Juice Robinson, and I think this sets up... Him chasing after Juice Robinson for the IWGP Junior... No, not the Junior. The United States uh, Championship. And I think that would be fantastic because the match that they had, that was just... That was good. That was absolutely good. Absolutely good. But it's the main event. (sighs) Jesus Christ, man. You want a definition of a stiff match? 
look at Ishii versus Nagata. That was awesome. And Nagata, his face was, like, his lips were, like, busted open. But I knew Ishii was going to win this. I think we all knew Ishii was going to win this. But, so, I'm just, I'm trying to just piece my mind together about this match. But it was just stiff. And I were, (laughs) I just, that's all I got to say. It was just stiff. And a really great main event. And I watched Night 2 before I went to see uh, Captain Marvel. Yes, I saw Captain Marvel. I'm not going to talk about that. It's a great movie, but I'm, I I just talked about it anyway. But Night 2, uh, Lance Archer, he beat Tora Hanra in a, really, in a decent match. But Tora Hanra, I think he has a bright future ahead of him. I honestly think so. I mean, he could hang. He could hang. Not going to deny that whatsoever. Mikey Nicholas... The former Nick Miller defeated Hikuleo, and he advances in the next round. Will Ospreay again, just once again showing why he's the best on the independent wrestling scene. Um, he beat Bad Luck Fale because in the commentators they brought up that he never lost in the first round, and Osprey beat him in the first round. Now, what I was hoping that they would do. They would have Osprey lose to Bad Luck Fale, and it sets Bad Luck Fale up to challenge Will Osprey for the for the Never Openweight Championship. But I mean, I think they have other plans. I mean, I don't mind it. I think it's great. And we got the main event: Kazuchika Okada beat Michael Elgin. Fantastic match! Fantastic match! Lots of reversals. Like you had Michael Elgin trying to do the Rainmaker. You had Okada doing the Elgin bomb <laughs> like so much reversals that I was losing my mind watching that match but it took one way it took one rainmaker to put down big Mike as Okada advances to the next round um I did watch stardom yes I'm gonna talk about st- I haven't talked about stardom but uh a stardom show but I did watch Momo Watanabe versus Jungle Kiona for the wonder of stardom championship that was a fantastic match. And if you're not watching Stardom, I would highly recommend it. And I got to congratulate Momo Watanabe. She surpassed Io Shirai's uh, most successful title defenses. So she has 11 title defenses, like literally surpassing Io Shirai, who had 10. And man, Momo Watanabe has come a long way. The last time I saw her, it was her in her match with Io Shirai, of all people. When she beat Io Shirai for the uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship, like she was a tr- she was a rookie at first, but and as the year passed, she got better and better and better and better, and I think she's gonna carry Stardom on her back like Io, Kyrie, and Mayu are doing. While Mayu is still in uh, Stardom, but what Io and Kyrie did in Stardom, and I think we're seeing new generations uh, coming up really, really quickly. And I think Momo's fantastic. She's absolutely fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from Jungle Kiona. That woman is a beast. Like she's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And I think no. And I think I could see this one more time. And I think the storyline they're trying to do for uh, Jungle Kiona, they want she wants to get that Wonder of Stardom Championship. And I I'm all for it. I'm absolutely all for it. And I think that would be perfect absolutely perfect who but on yes the wrestler you should look out for because we're doing this differently now is momo watanabe and i explained why because you you know you'll hear it again she started from the she started as a rookie years progressed she got better and she she just looks so different now than the last time i saw her she seriously got better and this is just mind-boggling in a good way to see how far she's come. <laughs> Seriously. But uh, Momo Watanabe, look out for her. She is incredible. She is absolutely incredible. Gallows and Anderson. Let's talk WWE for a second. Gallows and Anderson. They are not going to renew their contracts. They are intending to leave WWE. And you know what's funny? You know what's funny? I asked Bill Boddy from the Dirty Sheets, who do you see leaving WWE this year? And he just said, Gallows and Anderson. Eh, this didn't surprise me whatsoever because this guy, these guys, they honestly deserve better. 
Like, how can you ha- how can you take tag team wrestling seriously if you're not booking Gallows and Anderson? This is the team that came white hot in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They come to WWE. They should have went to NXT, to be quite honest. They should have went to NXT, but they got called up to the main roster. They went straight to the main roster, bypassing NXT. They put they paired them up with AJ Styles, and they had them dress up like doctors. That was the nail in the coffin for them. And not only that, and yes, they're the raw they were the former Raw Tag Team Champions, but have they done anything meaningful with the titles? No. I mean they they carried it into WrestleMania, but they lost it to the Hardy Boys. And they moved them to SmackDown, you've done nothing with them. Why do you even have these guys if you're not going to do anything with them? I, I don't understand this. And from what I'm hearing, this, from, this was from PW Insider. They're saying that, well, they're saying that they turned out multi-million dollar deals with WWE. Good on them. And the reason being, because they're not happy on how they were being used. Typical. Typical. It's typical. You know? I mean, I don't blame them one bit. I don't blame them one bit. And this is, like, they should have went to NXT first. I, I, I can't stress this enough. I mean, I think, I, I don't know what it is. I think they would have benefited more if they went to NXT instead of bypassing it for the main roster. And it just pains me to see great talent being wasted. I even tweeted out that it didn't it didn't even surprise me that they were turning down big offers from WWE because they deserve better. They honestly deserve better. If WWE doesn't value your like if they don't value their own talent, then why are you even signing them? You're just trying to keep them from going to AEW, which I honestly see Gallows and Anderson doing. Like I even say they either A go back to New Japan or they go to AEW, which they're obviously going to AEW. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's WWE's fault. It's not Gallows' fault. It's not Anderson's fault. It's not the fans' fault. It's WWE's fault for not booking them in a prominent role and not giving them anything to do. So that's another tag team gone. Ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. And, and I, I get livid seeing stuff like this, you know? I, I, I just can't believe how they have all these great, talented people, and some of them they don't even utilize. Like, I've seen what Gallows and Anderson could do in New Japan. Why can't they do what they do down here in WWE? It's like they're handcuffed in these guys, and they don't want you to do what they want to do. I, I don't understand this. Why did you even sign them to begin with? Why did you hype them up as big deals if you're not going to treat them as big deals? Fucking ridiculous, man. I hate that. Like, if you have a job and your boss doesn't value you, do you want to work there again? I wouldn't. I'm just throwing that out as an example. Uh, it's just ridiculous, man. This company, I, I got nothing to say. Um, I want to talk about the Arn Anderson, Alicia Fox situation. Now, I didn't talk about this uh, last time, but um, Arn Anderson, he got fired. And apparently it was because he let Alicia Fox wrestle while intoxicated. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now, most people have blames. They have blamed uh, Arn Anderson for letting Alicia Fox wrestle intoxicated. And some people are blaming Alicia Fox for having Arn Anderson being fired. Um, I'm going to be real here. I, I think both parties are at blame here. Like, yes, Arn Anderson, like, he shouldn't have let her wrestle while intoxicated. I mean, Alicia Fox... They haven't done nothing with her, and I don't even know, and I'm still questioning why she's employed if they're not doing anything with this woman. You should just cut ties with her. Like, if Arn Anderson got fired, why didn't you fire Alicia Fox? I understand you want to help her out, like, go to rehab, but she went AWOL. It's like she disappeared, and just, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I, I just, I, 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 I can't put it in words, you know. I, I honestly can't put it in words. But both parties are to blame here. Arn Anderson shouldn't have let, never let her wrestle, even though he didn't even notice that she was intoxicated. But if, and I think some of the people back there knew she was intoxicated, because you're pretty much putting harm to your colleagues if you're going out there and wrestling while intoxicated. You're putting harm to your colleagues in that ring. Because what could happen to the fans? What could happen to uh, your colleagues? I don't know. 
but it 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 is what it is, you know. It I just can't put it in I I can't say anything about this, but both parties are to blame for this. Like Arn Anderson's to blame, Alicia Fox is to blame. Like if Arn Anderson got fired, why didn't you fire Alicia Fox or suspend her so she could get uh cleaned up? And some people said she does this all the time. I don't get it. I don't get this company. Like I don't get no, I don't get what they're doing with uh I honestly don't know, man. Just Alicia Fox, she seriously needs to get herself together. And cuz I I don't know, man. She needs help. She needs help. I heard from one of my workers when and I'm going to tell this story right here. Like one of my workers said that Alicia Fox is really friendly. Like she's really a nice person, but if you're going to be making mistakes like this, you seriously need to get help. Like, WWE's trying to help you out. They're trying to clean your act up. I, I don't understand this. I honestly don't understand this. Um, um I-, I just got nothing. Um, WrestleMania 36, it's been revealed, is going to take place in Tampa Bay. Uh, and I'm going to be, I'm going to say this because I'm going to be real. They have a pirate ship. If Kyrie Sane does not have a special entrance at WrestleMania 36 next year, I am going to call Stanford, Connecticut, and I'm just going to be like, why didn't you give Kyrie Sane a special entrance? Like, that's just, that's just the pettiness of me. But, uh, I would love to go to Tampa Bay, Florida for WrestleMania and NXT TakeOver. I mean, I enjoyed it last year when I went, when I was down here in Louisiana because, when it came down here in Louisiana and I went to the my very first takeover and I went to my very first WrestleMania and it was just a surreal experience for me and I just wanted to I want to do it again like I want to do it again and apparently they're trying to make it more of like a tourist thing for WrestleMania where they could uh, have more people come from around the world to see our uh, WrestleMania whether it's New Orleans whether it's uh any Florida or New York or something along the lines. I would like to see it in Minnesota. I would like to see it in Minnesota. I think that's a perfect spot for WrestleMania. And it's going to be at the Raymond James Stadium. So I'm actually looking forward to this. This should be pretty good. It should be pretty good to see what they could come up for next year's WrestleMania. And hopefully they plan it early in advance instead of just building a card out of their ass for like four to three weeks before the show begins. Just saying. Um, we also have news from Fox. Fox wants, uh, encourages WWE to produce edgier content instead of this PC culture that they don't like. And I, I, and if Fox is making WWE do these changes and we get more edgier stuff and we see stuff like blood, hardcore stuff, some that wrestling fans want to see, I'm down with it. I'm absolutely down with it. Now, Raj, he reports that Fox is looking for WWE to produce a more edgier product and that they aren't looking to give into the PC culture that dominates current WWE programming. And if we see hardcore blood, some awesome moves that could be awesome moves that could be uplifted like that Canadian destroyer that almost sells and some more innovative stuff and quite frankly, if they if they do all this, I'm absolutely okay with this cuz I mean WWE needs to get more edgy instead of this boring PG family friendly show. And that that's just me. That's just me. I mean, I I want to know what you guys think. Should they produce more edgier content? Like I just want to hear in your mind what you think about it. Monday Night Raw. Uh this show bored me to fucking tears that I cannot deny this. Um, look, I see, I've saw, I saw the Roman Reigns Chronicle on the WWE Network. It's really info. It's really great. And thankfully they caught, uh, Roman's leukemia in time. And I'm glad that it's in remission. But the question is what now moving away from that from raw, what do you do now with Roman Reigns? Do you put him as a top baby face? Because this shield reunion that they did on raw forced, not necessary, and we really don't need it. We really don't need it. I mean, I honestly did not care about this show, to be quite honest with you. It, it just it just bored me to tears. And 
this convoluted mess that we and I'm I'm gonna say it in my predictions for uh fast lane. Like this mess that we're having with Becky, Rhonda, and Charlotte, how they're like over booking this and just making a mess out of the storyline when it could just tell itself. Even with Rousey and Becky's uh debacle on Twitter. And it just shows that Charlotte is the third wheel in this and she's really not needed. But they were gonna put these Becky and Charlotte in a match for their vacant Raw Women's Championship. And Rousey comes out all seriousness and shits on the crowd. And she just says, hand me my belt back. And Steph's like, okay. Hands the belt back and goes on a scathing promo. At least she kept up to her promise that she was the next time she saw Becky Lynch, she was going to beat the shit out of her. And she did. She beat the shit out of her. And... I think we need to see more of Ronda Rousey like this because you can't just have her coming down the ramp, like walking down the ramp, smiling, high-fiving kids. I mean, look at what your fellow horsewoman Shayna Baszler is doing as the NXT Women's Champion. And she's thriving well. And to be honest, she does it better. <laughs> but I think this is the Rousey that we should have gotten like last year instead of this forced babyface Ronda Rousey. Just saying. I mean, nothing really important happened on uh, Monday Night Raw outside of the program with Batista and Triple H. When Triple H cuts a promo, you stop what you're doing and you listen to what the man has to say. And I honestly think Triple H is one of the best promos in the WWE. Like, the way he brings emotion to his promos, everything that he does is fantastic. And like, I'm more excited for the build between Batista and Triple H at WrestleMania than the match. But we get to, well, I'm just curious to see how this is going to go out for, for these two, but Batista wanted this, so he's going to get it. And I'm actually glad for Batista getting this role. And we're going to see Batista next week on Monday night raw or tomorrow on raw going face-to-face with Triple H, like just a face-to-face talk. And nothing else happened. You got a pointless six-man tag with Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre versus Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, and the Intercontinental Championship, which is not going to be defended on Fastlane, Finn Balor. They beat Finn Balor, Angle, and Braun Strowman. I honestly could care less about this. And there's really nothing else I can add about this show. There's nothing else I can add about this show. SmackDown Live took place uh, last week. We had, like, one of the talking points uh, that I want to mention, the United States Championship matches. The United States Championship in general is starting to get a little shine. And because I think they know that the title's been lost in the shuffle. Really now, can you... Rebuild your titles and make them more prominent and prestigious. And I say that with every single title that they have. You got Brock Lesnar holding the Universal Champion, and he ain't doing jack shit with it. I mean, you got Daniel Bryan, who is obviously striving so well as a heel. And I'm like, I was, I think he plays that role so well. And I'm going to be honest and upfront, I think he's better than The Miz as a heel. But can you imagine Miz and Daniel Bryan as a heel stable? Stole that thought for a second. Just stole that thought for a second. And Daniel Bryan's just selling this match with Kevin Owens at Fastlane because his promos are just the best. Like him, Bryan, like Bryan and Owens are just selling this match for me. And I think that's going to be a good thing for Fastlane. We had a United States Championship match between... uh, R-Truth, he defended his title against uh, Samoa Joe, Andrade Cien Almas, and Rey Mysterio. Now, before we had that match, Lacey Evans made her entrance, wasting my time as usual. Are you? And I'm, I'm tired of saying this again. Are you going to let the woman wrestle to show why she is someone to look out for? Are you going to have her make an entrance and just waste the audience's time? Like, she hasn't even developed yet. And this is the woman that I'm hearing that is going to challenge Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania this year. Give me a fucking break. Like, come on. Like, if I was WWE, I would send her back to NXT and replace her with Shayna Baszler or Bianca Belair or someone who's been developed. I'm not going to rant on this again because every time I see Lacey Evans on my screen, I just want to turn my head away from my screen and just be like, nope, she doesn't exist. 
unless she wrestles in the ring, then we'll talk. Outside of the Rumble, like, and all she does is make her entrance, that's it. That's it. But we had a great United States Championship match between R-Truth, Andrade Cien Almas, Rey Mysterio, and Samoa Joe. And can I say it's about time that Samoa Joe has got gold on the main roster. And with him winning the United States Championship, I think it should be... I think it's great for for a guy like Samoa Joe to bring prestige to that title if WWE if WWE does so, which I hope they do because they don't show they don't value how important those titles are in their company except for NXT and NXT UK. But like I'm really happy for Samoa Joe. It was a long time coming, long overdue. He deserved that title. He really deserved it. And I'm even hearing rumors that Samoa Joe might be facing John Cena for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. I'm down with that. I'm honest. I'm absolutely down with this. And I want to tirade on this for a little bit. You have Charlotte and Becky closing SmackDown Live. Yes, I know these two are on SmackDown, but they're focusing on the Raw Women's Championship. May I ask... May I just ask, can they just stay on Raw and focus on the Raw Women's Championship and build and have the SmackDown women build to their Women's Championship for Fastlane and WrestleMania? It's like, you're just saying that we want to merge the women's division. Like, that's my only gripe with this. Yes, Becky stood tall, but it's just a mess, you know? They really need to merge the women's division. I'm just being honest. Like, if... If that's how they want to go, since they got one set of women's tag titles, you should have one set of a women's women's championship. Just one set. That's it. And just merge the women's division. Some people might not like it because you want other women to you want other people to get opportunities. Understandable. It's understandable. But when you have Becky and Charlotte going to Raw and SmackDown Live every single week to build towards their match. With Ronda Rousey, it just kind of overexposes it and just makes it a mess. Because I think WWE just threw the brand split logic out of the window. I mean, that's just me. And I think everyone can agree on that. NXT, man, we're going to... There's some news on NXT, and the biggest story involves Tommaso Ciampa. Now, he has... He just had neck surgery. It was successful, but he might... He's going to be gone for a while, and... This kind of killed the storyline with him and Johnny Gargano chasing for the NXT Championship. Now they have to rewrite this this uh this story since Ciampa is gonna vacate the title. And I'm hearing room. I heard a rumor from Slice Wrestling that uh the plan is to have Adam Cole versus Matt Riddle for the NXT Championship. How do they get get us from here? I mean, Triple H is a genius. He did it with Alistair Black. So he should do it with Tommaso Ciampa. Like, he just had to rewrite. And yes, it sucks. And not only that, not only that, I honestly think Vince McMahon got careless on calling Tommaso Ciampa up. The same with Johnny Gargano, Ricochet, and Aleister Black. But especially Ciampa. Because you know they had a bigger story with Ciampa and Gargano. And apparently he's been dealing with neck issues for a while. So Vince McMahon was careless. And I'm going to be honest, like, if you're going to call up someone without Triple H knowing and you're causing problems for people for, like, I'm, I'm about to go on a little ty- tyrant for a second, a tirade, but y- you, you're causing problems for your creative writers to build to a fast lane card. You're calling up guys from NXT without Triple H's knowledge, without Triple H knowing, and I think he's pretty much creating like I don't think he's creating the problem with WWE but to be honest he is the problem I I just had to get it off my chest because I I really wanted to say that because Vince McMahon is doing more damage to his product and there are times that he makes the right decisions but there are times that he really needs to just step away and let other people do what they have to do like and throw ideas out that way Vince doesn't crumble it up and just say, we're going to do it my way. Like, how do you know if you don't take a chance on yourself? I, I say that every time. Like, some of the creative writers, like, they're growing frustrated. They need to take a chance. And I'm sorry if I'm going on a tirade and I want to talk about NXT, but this has been on my mind. 
but hopefully things change creatively and hope they have a head creative writer that knows the wrestling business. I heard they got Jeff Jarrett as the creative, uh, to be a part of the creative team. Good on them. Good on them. But, uh, hopefully they produce better television. Just saying. Um, but I hope Tommaso Ciampa makes a quick recovery and he gets Goldie back. If he doesn't, then hopefully the gold he gets is on is either the WWE Championship, mostly on SmackDown. I'd rather him on SmackDown than on Monday Night Raw, to be quite honest. ACH, he made his debut in a losing effort and a live event, and hopefully we get to see more. This is just a minor story. He, I'm really happy for ACH to be a part of NXT. I think they're going to build him up as soon as we get another batch of call-ups from uh, right after WrestleMania. And I think they're going to start building this guy up. And I hope they don't change his name. I like ACH. I think it's better. And Trevor Lee also made his debut. And I think they're going to build him up as well. Now, there's a rumor. Now, there was a report I read that Shane Strickland is on his way to WWE. Uh, It was reported that he said goodbye to Defy Wrestling. Like he said, it was his last match. And he said he was going to do bigger and better things. And I mean, I knew it was, I know it was gonna happen. I mean, WWE they have a working relationship with Evolve. He is in a stable with Eddie Kingston at Evolve right now, and he's a former Evolve champion. And he's gonna be in WWE. Mark, he's gonna be on NXT, and they're gonna push him so big. And I could see him versus Matt Riddle one more time, one more time, because their match that they had at Evolve, I believe, is 108. When he broke Matt Riddle's arm and he won the Evolve Championship like that, I would not mind that storyline again. Like they could bring up their their time in Evolve, and I think Shane Strickland would do well on NXT along with ACH and uh, Trevor Lee. But the show, the Dusty Tag Team Classic, this was absolutely incredible, and this was tag team wrestling at its finest. You have Ricochet. And Alistair Black beating the European Union of Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. If there's a team you should be on the lookout for, it's the European Union. They are absolutely fantastic as a team. And I hope we get a tag team gold on their waist one day. Whether it's NXT or NXT UK. The Forgotten Sons, they beat uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. Now, I wasn't high on the Forgotten Sons, but this was their best match. And it's what the right tag team that is Oni Lorcan and Danny Burst. And I don't know what it is with the Forgotten Sons on why they were clicking with me yet, but I just don't know what it is. But it's something that's... Like, their match was fantastic. What That was their best match on the, on NXT right now with Oni Lorcan and Danny Burst. So they advanced to the next round. Uh, Mustache Mountain, they beat the Street Profits and... I was I actually was surprised by this to be quite honest because that match was absolutely fantastic and the Street Profits they almost won they almost won they literally had me on the edge of my seat when I'm like oh the Street Profits are going to beat the former NXT Tag Team Champions but Montez Ford man he has the best frog splash that I have ever ever seen his elevation is just so fantastic I mean I praise Mustache Mountain a lot. They're they're fantastic. But they but Mustache Mountain, they advance in the next round and we get to DIY versus the Undisputed Era. Can I mention this? I love how they how DIY made their entrance. Johnny Gargano came out to his theme, Tommaso Ciampa came out to his theme. They looked back at the Titantron and DIY's original theme was playing and that got me on the edge of my I was losing my mind. I, I just loved that. But the match itself, it was really really great, man. And if Ciampa is healed on time, I would love to see more of DIY versus the Undisputed Era, to be quite honest with you, but we know that's not going to happen. I'm not going to spoil nothing on this, but but we all knew DIY was going to beat the Undisputed Era of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, Red Dragon. Uh, so the here are the round two matches. Um, you got Mustache Mountain versus the Forgotten Sons, and you got Alistair Black and Ricochet versus DIY. 
So I'm going to be looking forward to it to this next week. This Wednesday, we're going to have Io Shirai challenging Bianca Belair for the number one contendership for Shayna Baszler's NXT Women's Championship at TakeOver New York. I think it's going to be great. I mean, I even said Io Shirai versus Bianca Belair. That's a money match, whether it's for a title or not. That is a money match. Um, so I'm going to play my predictions that I recorded on Thursday. And uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy every second of this prediction. And this is just me being honest about every match. Some that I don't care about. So we're going to do my predictions to end this show. And that will be pretty much it. Follow me on Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. Follow me on Instagram, like the Facebook page, and I will see you guys for Fastlane. I'll talk to you guys later. In case you guys don't know, we have a pay-per-view this Sunday called Fastlane. It's going to take place at the Quicken's Loans Arena, correct me if I pronounced it wrong, in Cleveland, Ohio. We got nine matches in total, two of them being on the kickoff show and seven matches being on the main show. And... Just looking at this card on my notes, it is an underwhelming ass piece of shit card. Like, I'm just not excited for this pay-per-view. It's filler. They put no time and effort to build towards these matches. Some of them they tried, but some of them are just overexposed too much. But I, I just don't, I can't find myself to care. Maybe they could change my mind when the, when they do the pay-per-view, but I, I just don't give a shit about it. I honestly don't, but let's just get this out of the way. Let's get on with my predictions for this upcoming pay-per-view. So we're going to start off with the kickoff show. We have the New Day, which is Big E and Xavier Woods taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev. I'm just looking at this and I'm like, they didn't even remind Xavier Woods that he's going to be in a match. (laughs) Some company you guys are, but... I I got the New Day winning this. I don't see Nakamura and Rusev winning this. Like, how can you fuck up with Shinsuke Nakamura, of all people, and Rusev? Like, Nakamura should have been a WWE champion, like, two years ago. (laughs) Y'all fucked it up with... I'm not gonna go on that tirade, because I, I, I just said what I had to say about Nakamura. I mean... They're wasting him. They're killing everything that made him special in NXT and in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And they just took a steam and polish shit on it. Rusev, like, he's been vocal. I mean, I would rather this guy leave the WWE. It's better for him because if he's going to stay, he's going to be treated like shit. I would venture onto the independent scenes, Rusev. That would be the best thing you could do right now. So I'm sticking with the New Day because why the hell not? I'm going with them to beat the team of Nakamura and Rusev. Andrade Cien Almas takes on Rey Mysterio. This is going to be a fantastic match. Probably the best match on the entire card. And this is not a pre-show worthy match. And who in the right mind thinks that's okay for them to be on the pre-show? You must be delusional. But their match is absolutely fantastic. I mean, hands down. They have, they work so well together. They have great chemistry. And not only that, I mean, who doesn't like seeing Rey Mysterio hit that, uh, well, I could say a Canadian destroyer, but the Mexican destroyer on Andrade Cien Almas. And I think Andrade is the only person who could sell that. So, I'm picking Andrade Cien Almas to win this match in an excellent match. But, uh, I mean, I don't mind if Rey Mysterio wins. I mean, because I, I did a predictions on my blog on Wrestling Amino, and I picked Andrade, and one of them was like, how can you pick Rey over, how can you pick Andrade over Rey Mysterio? I mean, I don't have a problem with Rey winning. I mean, I think is my mentality, because Andrade, he's new. He's new, and Rey, he's a veteran, so it's perfect. I mean, they work well together, and I would not mind seeing another match between these two at WrestleMania, because we know the magic these guys could do. But at the same time, like, what's what's the plan for them at WrestleMania? So, that's what we have to figure out. Um, let's go to the main show. We have the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. We have Mandy Rose versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I just want to start with this because I do have something to say about this. How can you have someone like Asuka, 
who is your SmackDown Women's Champion, not being built up as a threat. Now, granted, she had an excellent match with Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble, and ever since that, she's been missing for three weeks and missed the Elimination Chamber. She comes back in New Orleans and loses to Mandy Rose, suffering from DBS, Dumb Baby Face Syndrome, and they didn't do nothing to build towards this match. And, I mean, and it's WWE's fault for not pushing these two and building their match up to get people invested. And, look, Mandy Rose, I'm not going to take anything away from her. The woman is good. I mean, she could get better, but she is good. Now, speaking of that, their match, they, there was an incident at a house show where Asuka had an injury scare when uh, I believe Mandy Rose went for her finisher and... Uh, Asuka probably tucked her head, and I'm not going to blame Asuka or Mandy Rose. Shit happens. You're in the business. You're putting your body on the line. I mean, it's a business. Accidents happen. Miscommunications happen. It is what it is, but thankfully, Asuka was okay, and I was concerned. I'm not going to lie and say I was worried about Asuka because I was worried about the Empress of Tomorrow. Now, Asuka's going to retain this match. I don't see Mandy Rose beating Asuka, and what I think might happen, and I hope to God WWE doesn't do this, but knowing them, they're going to do it anyway, they're going to have Lacey Evans make her entrance and challenge Asuka at WrestleMania for the SmackDown Women's Championship, how is that building Lacey Evans up for a match against Asuka, who is an elite talent, how can you have Lacey Evans challenge Asuka, who hasn't done shit? But make her entrance. It's like you're wasting my time with this. She should just go back to NXT and develop more instead of wasting her on the main roster and try and don't tell me she has a great backstory. I know the backstory, okay? But it's what she does in the ring. You're not gonna sell me on a WrestleMania match with Asuka and Lacey Evans. It should be someone that's on Asuka's level, like an Ember Moon. I've been lobbying for Ember Moon versus Asuka. I've been lobbying for Nikki Cross versus Asuka. Like, you can, hell, you can have someone from NXT challenge Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I would rather see Shayna Baszler versus Asuka. I would see Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Kyrie Sane versus Asuka. Io Shirai versus Asuka. You know, so far, so far, whatever. I'm going with Asuka to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship because Mandy is not going to beat her whatsoever. We got the Boston Hog Connection defending their women's tag titles against Nia and Tamina. I, I don't care about this. I don't care about this. What has Nia and Tamina done to earn a shot against Bailey and Sasha Banks? And if you want me to be real, it should have been Mandy and Sonya. And that didn't happen because Mandy's focused on Asuka. But I'm going with the Boston Hog Connection. They're going to retain their titles here. It's not a coincidence. It's not a surprise. We all know Bailey and Sasha ain't losing those titles. They just got to build those titles back up to make me care about them even more. Um, We got The Shield versus Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. I don't care about this match. I'm tired of the Shield reunion. Baron Corbin has no charisma. Hell, Johnny Cage has more charisma than Baron Corbin. (laughs) Drew McIntyre? What the fuck are they doing with Drew McIntyre? What the fuck are they doing with this guy? And Bobby Lashley? Who? Who is Bobby Lashley? (laughs) Who? I, I, I don't know, man. I just don't care about this. I don't care about this. I will bet my entire soul if... If the shield if the shield wins, the shield's gonna win. That's my prediction. Like I will bet my entire life if the shield wins. <sighs> Whatever, man. Whatever. You got the SmackDown tag team titles on the line. You got the Usos defending their titles against Shane McMahon and The Miz. This is fairly obvious. And let me be honest for a second. What happened to rematch clauses are inadequate? They're not inadequated in here. And I can say the same about the Raw Tag Team titles because it includes Root and Gable. But, I mean, I could see where they're going with this. 
The Miz and Shane McMahon, they're going to be in a collision to feud at WrestleMania. And the, the Miz is in Cleveland, Ohio. And I threw out the idea that Shane might turn on The Miz. Or even if you have Shane McMahon turn on Shane McMahon. Even if you have The Miz turn on Shane McMahon, which he will get a bigger reaction because he's from Cleveland, Ohio. But I would rather Shane do it to get heel heat. And Miz's dad, he's going to be in... I don't know if he's going to be front row or he's going to be at ringside watching his son compete. But uh, I'm going with the Usos to retain and I'm hearing rumors that they're going to be feuding with the Hardys for the SmackDown tag titles at WrestleMania. I don't mind that. That's going to be absolutely fantastic and a must-see if they book their cards right. That's just what I'm saying. But I would not mind these this match whatsoever. But uh, the Usos are going to retain... The Miz and Shane, they're going to split. They're going to build towards their match at WrestleMania. So that's what I'm going to predict. We have the Raw Tag Team titles in a triple threat match. We have the Revival defending their titles against Aleister Black and Ricochet and the team of Rude and Gable. I don't know what they're doing with the Revival. I honestly don't know what they're doing with the Revival. They have been on the losing end ever since they won the tag titles. They rarely get... They're regular entrances. They get jobber entrances. They lost to DIY. They lost to the team of Ricochet and Alistair Black, which I will talk about in a second. And and I don't I just don't know what I could say. I honestly don't know what I could say at this point. Now, this match start this match got started. Well, the build, there was no build whatsoever. Ricochet and Alistair Black were facing the revival for the Raw Tag Team titles. Rude and Gable got involved. And attacked the Revival, I believe. Yeah, they they attacked the Revival. And it just leads to this triple threat match. Granted, the match should be good. It should be good. But how are you taking tag team wrestling seriously? And not only that, you have Aleister Black and Ricochet. I just don't like seeing them as a team because it really kills the mystique of Aleister Black. I mean, he should be on his own. And the same could be said for Ricochet. They're both championship material, but in the main event spot. That's what I'm saying. But um, Rude and Gable, they're just there to eat the pin. You're not going to pin Ricochet and Alistair, or Alistair Black. I'm going with uh, the Revival to retain here. Rude and Gable, they're going to take the pin here. That's what I see. Charlotte versus Becky Lynch. They... I don't know how I could say this. Look, I know they could, they work well together, but this storyline has been just done to death. Like, not just done to death, but it's been overexposed a lot. And I honestly think they're just overdoing it. So let me get this straight, because I'm trying like I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Becky Lynch wins the Royal Rumble after she lost to Asuka. She challenges Ronda Rousey. She gets suspended for 30 days. She went to see a doctor. She went to see a doctor on her knee. They overplayed this knee injury. Got cleared. Vince McMahon suspends her for 60 days and gets replaced by Charlotte. Becky, like, just doesn't follow her rules. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm, I, I'm losing my mind here. And she gets arrested, which we all knew it was going to happen. And she get. Her suspension gets uplifted, and originally it was going to be for the Raw Women's Championship, but it's just a convoluted mess. That's the best way I could describe it. And they're building this on Raw and SmackDown. Two of these women, Charlotte and Becky, are on SmackDown, and they should be focusing on the Raw side, which is the Raw Women's Championship. Why they're going on SmackDown, I don't know. I don't know. They just need to merge these damn divisions. (sighs) But this is... Too easy. I'm going with Becky Lynch. I mean, I can't vote against the man. I can't vote against Becky Lynch. I mean, Charlotte, let me be real here. Charlotte doesn't need to be in the main event. She should be facing Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I'm going to say this time and time again, because the match that I saw on the dark match in New Orleans, their match was so better. So why isn't that on the, on the card for WrestleMania? You could do it again. Let Oscar get her win back. Fucking convoluted ass shit. 
Anyway, I'm going with Becky Lynch. And Ronda Rousey's going to attack both of them at the end of the match. Finally, we have Daniel Bryan defending his title against Kevin Owens. Originally, it was going to be Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. I'm glad that they switched it up because Kofi was so over. And it's it gives him a much better chance of him winning the title at WrestleMania. We all know that's the, that's the plan. I mean, Kevin Owens returning and challenging Daniel Bryan, that was a smart move. Absolutely a smart move. And I got to commend WWE on that. But Kevin Owens ain't winning that title. He ain't winning the title. I'm going with Daniel Bryan. He's too good. He's just too damn good at what he's doing as a heel. And I think this is just perfect for Kofi to come out and attack him and then challenge him at WrestleMania. And I think that's the route they're going to go with or they're going to have him in a number one contenders match to see who challenges Daniel Bryan for the WWE title. So... Because we all know the match is going to be Kofi versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. So, Daniel Bryan, he's going to retain here. No questions asked about that. So, that's my preview and predictions for Fastlane. And I hope you guys enjoyed this show. Take care. Be good. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out.